Super Talk Mississippi media production. Specializing in Ford, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams. CorinthAutoGroup.com and FordOfCorinth.com, where cars and happy drivers meet. Visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello. Welcome to Weekend Gardening. For, shall we say, a scorcher, probably next weekend will be even hotter, but we're just working our way into accepting the fact that it's hot, okay? Might rain. Hadn't rained at my house much. Poured at yours probably, but not mine. On the other hand, I'm good at watering, so I'm out there doing all of that. Well, I hope that you are too. I will tell you that we have began the day today. Oh, Lance is here, thank goodness. Trey is up sending pictures of the most beautiful cantaloupes ever. Okay, so you can all try to outdo Trey today and and cause me to starve to death. But that's fine, because that's what the text line is all about at this time of the year. 601-879-4395. What's blooming? What's fruiting? How are your tomatoes doing? Don't You can send me pictures of blight if you want to, or you can just ask about it. I, I certainly know what it looks like. I have a bit myself. And, of course, I'd love to hear your voice. 888-808-8637 is the Super Talk call line. Good morning, Lance. What's going on? I'm looking at these cantaloupes and, and <laughs> just serious, bringing back great it? memories <laughs> of my childhood. Those are serious. Yeah, my, my grandfather, he, was a, um, he had a car dealership in McGee and had a smith county watermelon farm and uh, so when i was a kid you know you would hop in the car and there was always at least two watermelons rolling (laughs) around in the back and then maybe five or six cantaloupes and they would get under the seats and everything and in the middle of the summer you know they would always just be rolling around and he would stop on the side of the road crack open something and you sit there and eat at a park bench you know and he always had the salt shaker and a little spoon and he was ready to go so that's that, that just reminds me of that's fun yeah. you know there's an awful lot to be said for um the power of a melon i worked for a few summers in the greenhouses at my alma mater at lsu it's hot there too but we had a florist's cooler, and it was probably the only large refrigerator-looking thing in the greenhouse expanse. And once when I was, shall we say, being courted by someone who also harvested watermelons, he would bring them in on Friday morning, put them in the cooler, and come back in the afternoon and share them with all of us. That got a lot of points. <laughs> that made friends with everybody. Okay, now, Trey, this, this is just killing I'm Taking us. it over the top we're now. Going, we're going over the top this morning, friends. Oh, my goodness. We've got to go back to the white or wheat question, I guess. But you know. I mean, that's breakfast. Uh, <laughs> that's cantaloupe, breakfast. bacon, and tomatoes. <laughs> you know, come on. Come that's on. all you need. <laughs> Thank you, Trey. Appreciate you starting us off like that. He knows exactly what to do because he can read my mind. And, in fact, it turns out we've got a new study from the University of Birmingham, which is England, not Alabama, although I'm sure they could do one, too. Researchers have found that people with strong mind-reading abilities, in other words, empathic, relationships with other people, the ability to understand and also take that perspective of the other person, 
really do have a better rate in terms of team play, both in business and in relaxation or recreation types of things, even with people they've never met before. I I presume this is something that we can only test on the Internet because, you know, if you meet the people in person, it would be different. This is an interesting thing, though. It's called theory of mind, and it's not necessarily related to intelligence. It could be it's something that can be cultivated in a person by good examples and a little bit of role play and stuff, whether it would be in a school or on a team or in a workplace. But it's it's really, while people will ask a psychologist, for example, or people will say, how can that person be a fortune teller? How can that psychologist know these much about me? And I'm not equating those two things. It's just two places where people ask this particular question. And the answer is they're built that way. They have a bit, an ability, a facile nature of their brain, and they're able to understand what's going on around them. I really like it. Pretty fun stuff. If you want to read more about it, you'll have to grab the Journal of Experimental Psychology. And I don't know where you can get a copy. Yeah, or you can watch the movie, uh, The Men Who Stare at Goats, you, which was a great movie. You can certainly play. watch the, the, sta- the yes. <laughs> I you love can. that movie. That's it's hilarious. That's a great movie. That I, I don't know that George Clooney would put it on his top ten favorites of his, the ones that he did, but it is, it's a delightful romp. Um, you have to have a certain amount of intuition or empathy or mind reading if you want to take it that way to really do anything and what we take it so for granted that the quality of people who feel separate from other people is known as a thing you know it's a different thing because they're not they're not able to do that now of course we've got we this is going to be a great competition day i can tell papa d what you got Oh, that's gorgeous. Eight feet tall. Those are beautiful. I believe that's Ponciana, but I can't really see it. I'll have to get up closer to look at it. But that's pretty. He knows I like orange flowers. That's gorgeous. Another way that we can find out more about one another is through board games, folks. You thought it was by trying to get your nephew to help out in the garden, which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. But the Taylor Francis group says that, uh, and I presume that they have something to do with the ownership of board games. Why else would they be releasing this information? But things like Monopoly and, and Shoots and Ladders and whatnot, comprehensive review of literature from over the last 23 years tells us that kids do better at math if they're brought up on board games. I'm afraid I lost every Monopoly game I ever played, but I, I'm I'm not terrible with numbers. You, of course, sir. That's so know. funny, you know, because I always quit in the Monopoly <laughs> game, and then I end up becoming a financial advisor That's forever. Funny. Yeah, so that, would, that I don't know if that. Uh, That's pretty funny. But yeah, I, I you know I always loved Monopoly. I just hated. It seemed to last forever, yeah. you know, and you just kind of kept going, yeah. and, and then it just got frustrated, and everybody seemed to get mad. But Well, uh, I, and I was <laughs> the youngest, so I, if I did well, they they considered it a fluke, and if I did badly, they expected it, so it was usually that I lost. Do you think that Operation would be considered a board game? Oh, my goodness. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. That, that was my favorite, though. That, that one always... It was, even when you're young, you know, it was like, oh, I can be a surgeon yeah. and reach in there and get those little can, plastic yeah. bones. Today I can do that. I wonder how many yeah. surgeons were created from the game operation. I feel certain that a lot of people begin an interest in something 
because they begin to look at either a board game or something else in that really early part of childhood where you're, you're not a baby, but you're starting to form your opinions about things. I, I know in, in my neighborhood when I was a kid, I grew up on a set of three streets that were about a long block long, and there were six guys my age and me. And then there was a girl that was slightly older, and she told all of us what to do. And so she would pick the board game, but she didn't always win. She liked Parcheesi better, I think, because it took less time. Well, I think we need to come up with a Garden Mama board game. Oh, my goodness. That would be great. Teaching we, we teaching can, the youngsters the right way to garden and how to do it and have fun. And then you could engage, and the older folks can get in and Name engage. that egg mass. There you, know? you go. Exactly. <laughs> what, what kind of blight is this? Exactly. <laughs> fun stuff. So you can join in with all of this. Pride of Barbados, he says, yes, I think I'm right. I'm in the right family. Really pretty. Just a lovely, lovely flower. One of those things that we appreciate our warmer parts of our even though it's warm everywhere but this this is a plant that will grow best on the coast where he is that's nice i have so many stories about critters today friends and so much really good garden advice to give you um i'm it's funny i'm about to replace a sprinkler and I realized that this week, if I were if I were in the business of sprinklers, I'd be raising their prices because I think probably everybody's looking for a sprinkler. But I I have one broke, and they don't break that often. But when they break, there's not anything to there's not this is not something that is repairable. It's not like a sprinkler head. It's the whole physical body of the thing. And when I thought about what I wanted to get, I thought, well, I don't even really know. I always like a low to the ground kind of sprinkler for this particular application. This is not going to be one of those big arching over overarching things because it goes into a bed but i'd like your advice how do you like to pick a sprinkler how do you do that and what's what's your favorite sort of sprinkler i do not have an in-ground system and, and never will have simply because my clay soil is so hard it's very difficult to get into it when it's good and certainly it has a greater impact on things like pipes underground than other sorts of soil do but it, it's true though that we have we got to figure out how we're going to get the water out. So if you've got advice for me, I would love to hear about it. One of the things that's also going on right now is stink bugs. And so if you've got tomatoes that are still making, I'm happy to tell you that the white currant and the yellow pear and the um, black cherry are all really doing very, very well right now. But there are stink bugs in the garden at this particular point in time. There's also some other bugs, but those are the ones, these are the ones that look like a little shield. And if you see them, you need to pluck them out of your plants or you need to shake them off the plants. They're, they're dangerously pesky. They will eat your plants. They will not only do that, they will sting your tomatoes before you even know it has happened. And that means that they're, they will not ripen properly and they'll, it'll give you a, You'll be sad later, so get the stink bugs out of the garden. Okay, good morning, Mabel and Jackson. What's going on, darling? Oh, I got lots of tomatoes. Oh, good. That, uh, my, my grandson, he, he uh, has small ones, mm-hmm. cherry tomatoes. Yeah. And he got the one a little bit larger. That's wonderful. And, uh, and they, they, him and his children all eat them. But they give them to me, and I love them. And I want to hear you think about pickling. Oh, sure. I pickled green cherry tomatoes. 
I've never, I, I'm, yeah, you I probably just, can pickle the others, but but I've never done that. But all I did was just make a traditional, you know, pickling liquid with some some vinegar and some salt and some mustard seeds in it. I think a little, put it in there with a little bit of sugar, boil that up, and then pour it over the tomatoes. I'm sure it didn't have anything in it more fancy than that. But you could put garlic, or you could put a hot pepper, you know, just anything that you want to flavor those tomatoes with. When they're green and small mm-hmm. like that, like those cherries, they take it up really quickly. So I poured it on, put them in the refrigerator, I think, for about a week, and then started eating them. They were fine. Um, you, uh, you, you, you boiled all that together first mm-hmm. and then pour it over? Yeah. Okay. That's so That's so when it's hot, it'll mm-hmm. pierce the skin just a little bit, but it'll also blend those flavors mm-hmm. together. Okay. Well, right. I'm going to do that. All right. I can't wait to hear Mama. about it. Yeah. All right. All right, Talk then. to you later. Thank you, ma'am. You know, there's another question we probably should be asking here is that are, are your cherry tomatoes still bearing? Are your other tomatoes still bearing? We talk here a lot about what to do next, quote, unquote. And at this particular point in time, I've taken down one of my tomatoes that got too much blight. The mortgage lifter picked all the fruit, and they're laying out. They're laying around in the kitchen. They're going to get ripe eventually, or they're going to be green tomatoes. You know, eat those like that's fine too. And then we've got a whole bunch of choices to make. You need if the plants are deeply blighted, I'm going to get rid of them. If they're a little bit blighted, I'm going to take the leaves off and go ahead with what I'll do if they're perfectly fine. But if any of the leaves are blighted, you have to watch out for that because you still might lose that particular plant. It becomes a matter of risk versus reward in that if you keep the plant growing, that's okay. But if it's not that great and you want to put in a new plant, you might do better with a new plant. And, of course, um, I don't I don't know who all you all follow on, on the social medias, but Gary Groves is on a road trip with tomato seedlings. But that's because... He lives on the coast, too, okay? And they're already getting them going for um, the lower part of the deep south. The rest of us have a little bit more time because we're we're about to put them in, get them going now. They're, the, the plants are out there. It's time. And then, frankly, if your plants are not in good shape, go ahead and get rid of them and put in new tomatoes. If you've got happy, healthy tomatoes, though, and I do have a few of those, I'm going to cut them off and let them start again from their their center, not really from the ground level, but from about the middle of where they were. So you have a choice to make about all of that. So that Goliath that I'm working on that's about seven feet tall, it's produced a <laughs> few tomatoes, and a couple of them had blossom in rot. Uh, a couple were okay. Would you, I mean, it, you know, it, it, I don't see any more fruit bearing at this moment. I'm, I'm getting some flowers and shaking them and all that, mm-hmm. but it's as hot, hot as it's been and yeah. such, am I, am I just kind of, you know, uh, out of luck here for you're, now. You, you're being optimistic, and there's no reason not to be, but it's probably too hot for them to set. Mm-hmm. If they're still blooming, however, they're trying, so you might as well. And the same with the upside-down one. It didn't, I mean, it, it was ugly. It's been, <laughs> I'm not going to try that one again, but the, the tomatoes it produced were are delicious. They were just fairly small, mm-hmm. uh, but very delicious, but they, didn't again, did not put out many, and I, my question, I guess, is like, is was that normal? Because I, I, a lot of friends of mine had a lot of tomatoes, and I, I it, just didn't. It, it's, a, it's a matter of both the amount of sunlight but also the restricted root system in that upside down tomato is one thing. I would suspect though that because 
you have very rich soil and very happy, healthy plants that they haven't quite used up all their nitrogen, particularly the Goliath. It can be seven feet tall, but it should be covered up in tomatoes. So since it's not, I'm just going to keep making it happy, you know, give it some more water, a little bit of fertilizer, half doses kind of thing through the next few months, and you'll probably be the king of the tomatoes when it gets cool enough because that's really the, the best thing to have. The first time the night temperatures go down to about 68 degrees for three nights in a row, the best thing to have is a happy, healthy tomato plant. <laughs> the world is your oyster at that point. And that's why not, you know. So that's the other thing. That's the other reason to look out for the stink bugs is so you don't lose what you've gained already in growing that plant. So probably, you know, chunk the the, the bucket upside down. When it, it, I mean, it grew okay, not great, but, um, and keep the Goliath yeah. who who's, looks healthy. Yeah, okay? I'm, I'm not keeping the upside. I'm, the, I'm, the upside down ones are always a disappointment to me unless – it's a variety that's intended for a small root zone. Um, some There's a few that are intended for, for instance, hanging basket growing, and I've seen them just do beautifully, and they'd be like drapes, you know, falling down from the thing. But the big tomatoes that need more more space. That's a really good one. I like that. Trey's showing us of his minor timer per gallon shutoff function. That's a great one. I like that. I like Melnor. Those are good. Thank you much. Good suggestion. I'm going to start my list. <laughs> All right, now. I have to say, they're the zinnias that you all were kind enough to let me send to you and that we've all planted, I'm starting to get pictures in at Mama on Air at yahoo.com to show me what yours look like and it's a more mixed collection than i thought i like it there's pink and white stripes there's solid white and there's solid pink all in that little mix and i have some because you know they were sort of just pop these in here thank you very much lance for those transplants i have all three blooming in one pot it's pretty cute i like it i'm glad we did that we're going to do that again maybe we'll do cornflowers or something this fall Let's see about that, huh? I'm so glad you decided to put weekend gardening in your pocket today. Stick around. we got a lot to do. Welcome back to Doghouse Living. We're talking with Bob and his wife, Jenny. Now, have you furnished your doghouse yet? Well, actually, sleeping bags work well. But the dog takes up most of the space. Well, at least he doesn't snore as loud as you. Sounds rough. Folks, stay out of the doghouse. Call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. It's a big job keeping a whole planet fed. More American producers are turning to the fuel that gives them the power to do it. Propane. With lower costs, cleaner emissions, and greater reliability, propane can do more around your operation better than any other fuel. And with an abundant supply made right here in the U.S., you're helping America stay energy independent. We've got a world to feed, so let's get to work in a clean energy revolution. Energy for everyone. Propane. For more information, visit MSPropane.com. 
Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. Greatness doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, focus, and dedication. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that because we put in the hard work and dedication for decades. And that commitment has paid off with award-winning customer service for your auto, home, and life insurance. Jamie Creel, Shelter Insurance. Come see why we're more than just an agent. Proudly serving the Jackson metro area and the great state of Mississippi. Give us a call at 601-992-6000. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick, GMC, or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trust advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with Amada Senior Care, for your free in-home consultation, 601-864-3752. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. You know, sometimes we don't think about the one bug, but we think about the whole bunch of them when they show up, right? Here's the question. How come that one ant is never alone? How come that one mealy bug is never by itself, really, that one aphid, even that one stink bug? Where you see one, there's always more. But with ants, this we, we understand that ants have an entirely different way of looking at things than we do. That is to say... They're kind of the Borg. 
They're all about the, the unit rather than the individuals. Now, granted, if you're the queen of the ant Borg, you, then you, your, your concern is not with so much with your drones as it is with yourself. But how does that all happen? How do we know where these things are? Some research has been going on. Um, Rockefeller University and some other organiz- some other universities have gotten together to take a look at how some of these danger you know, danger to the ants, how that's registered and what happens with it. And actually, they have managed to put data together to tell us about the scent markers that the ants emit in a particularly different kind of communication than any of us have ever experienced. It actually activates a part of the ants' brains and can change the behavior of the entire nest. When I read this the first time, I thought, you know, that's kind of like when they tell you that you need to evacuate for a hurricane or for, you know, because there's a, some terrible thing has happened and you have to get out of an area. And I do believe that that's what this is. It's just that this is actually more direct. They're not, this is not decision making on the part of the ants. This is a chemical signal that they get because the one ant knows there's trouble, the other ants react. And so sometimes it might be nice to have that sort of immediate reaction in people, but I'm not for it myself. I can understand that this different kind of understanding the danger signals makes a lot of difference, and it appears to be slightly more advanced than, for example, in in honeybees, where we understand that honeybees perceive a threat and then act as a unit together. But anyway, there's a there's a sensory hub in the ant brain, according to these folks that have now studied all this stuff, that actually attaches itself, strangely enough, to calcium ions. So you know, calcium is so important. We don't we don't think about it perhaps as much as we should because we take it for granted. Where but many of us who are aware of these things understand that 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 whole business of how your body processes calcium, much less how your plants do. Think blossom end rot. You know, these are all functions of that particular element's ability to change things. And in the case of the ants, it changes their reaction from, okay, everything's fine here to we got to get out of here. So it's an interesting way of looking at things. The the panic response, of course, um, and evacuating happens to ants, uh, hopefully at my house when I (laughs) disrupt their lives. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm not a big fan of ants, but there, it's also true that we can learn so much from them about other behavioral patterns in insects, and maybe even a few implications for ourselves. Let's see. Ed is on the text line, and he's wanting to know about a, a recommendation for a tomato that has a more acidic taste. That's really a long conversation because it doesn't have as much to do with the tomato. It has, some tomatoes are slightly more acidic, but it has to do with how you grow it. Um, it has to do with making sure you're in absolute full sun, that there's good air circulation around that plant, and that you have a soil that has the ability for the plant to take up all of its nutrients. So the fertilizer you put in is important, but the soil is even more important when it comes to the acid taste. There, the lists of acid tomatoes are, are easy to access. I don't have a preference myself, but I will tell you that if you grow your tomatoes and you grow dark red tomatoes, you will get a slightly stronger acid sweet taste. Okay, it's a more of a contrast. If you grow a middle size, I mean a middle color red tomato that's fully ripe, 
those on the on the lists that you will see out there probably do turn out to be acid, but it has more to do with how you grow it than anything else, and that's why some places. There's there are two or three different places that that people claim the tomatoes they grow there are the most acid. I don't know if that's actually true, but then again, I do know that you know we can grow sweet onions in other places besides Vidalia, Georgia. So there's it's it's about growing it as much as anything. Well, hello, Jim. Speaking of tomatoes, what's on your mind? Good morning, Garden Mama. You know, my, my wife now loves tomatoes. I never would eat a fried green tomato until she done it one time cooked them one time, and I love them things, mm-hmm. but she's been buying tomatoes at Walmart, and they taste like the ones you see in a book where you just cut the picture out and eat them. <laughs> no taste to them at all. They come from Mexico or come from Canada, Yeah. but when mine started coming in down here, they got the bit, oh, Lord, have mercy. You can sit down there and make a tomato sandwich, and you in hog heaven. See, that's different. But what I was calling, the main thing I was calling about was... Uh, my tomato plants are up now about eight foot tall. I heard you talking about cutting them back a while ago. If they're not about healthy. years ago, I had a friend. He was raised by his grandma. And she used to take and pull the suckers off the tomato plants, put them in the ground, and these things would grow. Mm-hmm. And I've tried that. I ain't never been able to do it. But my question is, if I top these things, where do I top them? They're about, about six foot tall now. Are the leaves healthy? Yes, ma'am. And uh, will they reroot themselves? I well, like to experiment. I'm not cheap. Don't want to buy nothing. I just like to try <laughs> new things out. Well, if you here's the thing: if you if you don't cut them back, they're going to continue to grow, and you may not be able to reach the tomatoes. So, I would probably take a foot off all the way around, you know, all the way off the top, just to stimulate uh-huh. new growth. But if they were in bad shape, if you if you said to me. Well, they had a little bit of blight, and they were not that great, and this, they're wimpy, you know, sometimes, but the last part of the good stem doesn't turn out to be as dense as the other one. I've got some that are kind of wimpy growing. Those are the, That's what I'm going to cut off. What I'm trying to do is deliver to you a really healthy, happy, bright green, full of leaves, ready-to-bloom tomato in, say, September. So the more you can do to enc- encourage that to happen, yes, some of those cuttings will root. Some of the suckers will root, and it's it's just a it's a, it's a roll of the dice to see whether it will or it won't. Yes, ma'am. Well, when Katrina comes through here, they come in here, got all those trees, and everything up piled up down here behind Law Law Golf Club. Mm-hmm. I went down there a year before last, and I got six trailer loads of the prettiest, blackest mulch you've mm-hmm. ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I put it all in my front yard. Trying, I live on a hillside. And I put it in my front yard trying to regrow, get this yard reclaimed so I can plant rice and get it going good. Most every bit I've washed down behind my house. But where my tomato plants are at, I got them sitting three foot of that stuff, and they love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, w- that product that I've, I've heard from several people about getting um, truckloads of, you know, because it does take that long. Those piles were really huge <laughs> after Katrina. And that is Lord, Mama, I love you, it's really valuable. Thank I'd you for like calling, call sir. Time. Appreciate you. Good to hear from you today. I also know that when we want to, if we are, if we don't get those tomatoes that Jim's getting, then we know that we've got to check out the soil, check out what we've put on them, check out how much mulch they're in, all those kind of things. But I'm not going to mess with success. And I do know that there are a lot of places in this state where those piles have turned into just beautiful soil 
Be confident, though, that you need to test it before, or mix it with other soils simply because it's going to be very acid. And in that in that regard, you know, um, you know, it's funny that when you look up, there used to be long lists of acid tomatoes, which I was trying to find a a, race, a, a link to send. But I can't find it. All I'm finding are the ones that we've always, the last several years, there have been several um, Romanian and Bulgarian tomatoes that people say are much more high acid. And in fact, one of the ones that I remember from the other list was always the big German tomato was considered to be a high acid tomato. Beef steak is considered to be a high acid tomato. But it won't be if you don't grow it right. So that's the main thing. (laughs) That is the main thing. Let's see. Um, I'll, I'll have to see. I don't, I don't know the answer to this one, but right off, I don't. I don't know the best cultivation property. Let me put it that way. So, <laughs> thank you very much for that. It's a good question. We will work on another list as well. One of the things about our lists, of course, is always that there's something else that someone's going to add to it. I have recently gone through um, a couple of file things in in my office at home that are quite frankly quite dated stuff there's there's not necessarily classics or those are fine but there are others that are not there's information that comes along um oh gosh i I, the examples that i'm thinking of are are not as appropriate as i would like them be but it's the same thing as this high acid tomato question people's answers to that question do change a lot I, I'm happy to say that part of the joy of the 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 Soviet Union's fall back in the 80s, is that right, the 80s? Anyway, was that so many seeds became available to the rest of the world that had not been before because they were tied up in those very serious export-import restrictions. We've got an awful lot of them here now in our world that we're able to grow, and silver fir is certainly one of them. I've never known anyone to grow that one, and I would like for it, I'd like to hear more about it, if you do. Okay? Um, Now, colonization is something that we think about when it comes to plants. We start a lovely um, tell Jim and, and anybody else who's listening, we're, we're going to plant garlic in September. So hang on to it. Keep it dry. Keep it out of the heat, out of the sun, and out of the rain. He was listening right then, so I'm, he got that. Good. Thank you. Thank you much. Appreciate you, Jim. That's a good question. I I, I will tell you this. I'll jump from the, what I was going to do to this other discussion of onions and stuff I wanted to have this morning with you. I have onions that have finished out. They bloomed up. And... I cut all those off, generally speaking. I do start a few of the little seed bulblets that, that form at the top, but mostly I'm going to eat the green onions and, and let the bulblets sit and rest somewhere and try to get them into some soil, but not right away. I want them to be just a little bit more mature and a little bit a little bit healthier and easier to pull apart, which will take maybe two or three weeks. So that's a sooner planting. But for the most part, we do plant all of that family, the allium family, in the fall. If you're planting... The giant flowering onion that's a big purple ball of flowers, it's a bulb that you buy for a whole bunch of money, those also were planted in the fall. And they're even a little bit later on towards October for the best results. But we have many, many other onions that just keep going. Our multiplying onions and our walking onions and all those things really don't ever quite stop. 
So if yours are the sort that don't quite stop, it's okay at this point to harvest some or and or to lift some up and spread them around if they've gotten real thick. I've got a couple of patches that are very, very thick, and I'm going to let them have a little bit more space than they did have before. If you have just harvested your garlic, it's another situation where you do need to let it dry just a little bit, but you want to keep it out of the sun, out of the heat, out of the water, you know, and store it so that you can plant it very soon. Not, not, I shouldn't say very soon. Well, it's, it is soon. It's only, it's less than two months. So that is pretty soon. All right. So many good questions coming in on the text line this morning. Um, and I'm going to, this is Doug in West Point. I'm going to work on your question as soon as I get to a break because I have to look that up. I don't. I, I seldom look things up other than to get more info, but I'm not a big. I'm not a bluebird specialist. So though I do love them, you know. Yeah, my cat is. He is a bluebird <laughs> specialist. That. He cannot keep his eyes off of them. So. Oh my goodness! Look at these pretty babies. How sweet! Y'all are so sweet. That's really pretty. Compost will be increasing. <laughs> they're everything they're they're they've got everything is multiplying, shall we say? And I think that's delightful. Brooder hen hatched four chicks. The rabbits, the girls had ten kits. That's neat. What a summer! Reminds me of the summer that my sow had babies, and it was. Busy summer, but they were fun. That was that was a lot of fun. All right, I'll, I'll give up on one thing and move on to something else. What about there? There are a lot of uh, there are a lot of wine drinkers in this world. <clears throat> I'm certainly I'm, I'm not as good a wine drinker as some people, but I'm a pretty good wine drinker. I think I've got a case here for more um, American wine, although our, our our wines are having a little bit of trouble too. So we're going to come around with that. And I'm still determined to get on to colonization and the distribution of plants because I'm, I'm, my own family did this. So I'm going to help you learn a little bit more about that today because I think it's a funny thing. And I had no idea about the volunteer's dilemma. And I know more about guppies now than I used to. So I'm going to let you know all that, too. Hmm. My goodness. Busy morning today, friends. The compost will be increasing. Stick around. Nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Do you have an old, outdated website or just a Facebook page and still not bringing in customers? Targeted digital advertising from Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Here's how to welcome back to Doghouse Living. We're talking with Bob and Jenny. So what's next with your doghouse? Well, we're going to put on an addition. We've got a litter on the way. And I don't know where we're going to put all of them. Be careful, Bob. You're already in hot water for not calling 811. You don't want to get busted. 
For littering, folks, stay out of the doghouse. Call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Major phone carriers make you sign contracts with rigid data plans to trap you into a kind of forced phonogamy. Sounds pretty insecure if you ask me. At Consumer Cellular, we believe in a more consensual and healthy form of phonogamy, free of contracts and more flexible to your data needs. This way, you stick around not because we force you to with contracts and fees, but because you love our phone plans. Like, ardently love our phone plans. Phonogamously. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Still waiting in lines and fighting the big crowds in Starkville and Oxford? The College Corner, where it's our job to make your Saturdays great. We have significantly increased our inventory, so there's even more to choose from. Come by, and our staff will have you in and out and on your way. Want to score at your next tailgate or homegate party? Then look for us online at collegecornerstore.com or come see us at our Ridgeland store and in Flowood. The College Corner, where it's our job to make your Saturdays great. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. I noticed mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the orchard, I knew it was perfect. The orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For that extra peace of mind, call the orchard today for a tour. 601-856-2205 or go to OrchardRetirement.com So rock me mama like a wagon wheel Rock me mama in a way you feel Hey mama rock me Oh rock me mama like a wind and a rain Rock me mama like a southbound train We've got kits and chicks today, y'all. We've got uh, baby bunnies and baby chickens. And y'all are so neat. Send me some pictures. This is fun. 601-879-4395. Trey started it all off today in case you weren't tuned in first thing with some uh, 
cantaloupes that look to be as large as basketballs, but I'm not really sure <laughs> there was anything in perspective for them. But they're they have the the perfect ripening. This is an ambrosia variety. If you are trying to pick a cantaloupe, you walk up to the table and they all smell. The whole table just smells delicious, and you think, well, all of these are going to be just perfect. Here's how to get the very best one. What you're looking for is the netting to be the same color as the skin. So in other words, when a, a cantaloupe ripens, you begin to see that it had the outside of the rind has netting on it. It's in just a natural growing thing. It's not anything that happened to it. That's just the way they grow. And when that skin underneath is the same color, they both have the beautiful tan color. The closer you get to that, the better you are in terms of the ripeness. And these were perfect. I can also tell you that you can turn it up and smell the stem end. And if you do that, it's going to be either right or wrong. You'll know what you're getting. Okay. So don't, don't, don't think that all cantaloupes aren't sweet. They are. (laughs) There's plenty of people that don't like what they run into sometimes because you, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I've been served fruit bowls that had no fruit in them that tasted like fruit at all. And so I can t- I, I know what y'all are talking about when you say, why would I want to grow that? Well, you'd m- want to grow it because it's better when you grow it or when Trey grows it in this case. So <laughs> oh, tomatoes. Oh, my goodness. Well, talking about the wine issue, though, y'all. Now, listen, this is real. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say that the Napa Valley, the Sonoma Valley, all the way down the West Coast – all the way up the Finger Lakes of New York and right here in the south with our very own muscadines. People love to make wine. And Americans are no different than anybody in the rest of the world. But the true wine snobs, of course, are from Europe. And we understand that there are bottles of California wines that are just as expensive as the bottles of European wine, almost. And indeed, some of them are a lot better in blind tastings. California wines, even New York wines, even will win from time to time. But I always thought it was funny when I've met vintners, when I've met people that, that grow and make wine, they always seem to be people that, and I, I'm lucky enough to have been on n- numerous horticulture tours and met quite a few of these folks, men, women, young, old, whatever country they're from, they seem to be people that don't really want to talk to anybody. <laughs> There are people that would like to be out there in the middle of the grapes. And frankly, some farmers are like that, too. Let's face it. So when I read about the many of the wineries and grape fields, particularly in places like Portugal and Spain and even Italy, being kind of tucked away, that made perfect sense to me. Because those folks would be the ones that would the family would divide the property up and they would give, you know, brother Leo over here. The, the piece up next to the hill that was not very good for the, anything else except wine grapes or maybe goats or something, you know, whereas Guillermo would get the field that was harvestable, all right? So I understand how these things develop. But now we've got a difficult situation. They're calling this heroic viticulture, which is the, the, the cultivation of grapes, of course. It has a terrible thing going on here. We're going to take have to get the scientists to help the farmers protect these particular mountainsides. They're actually precarious, and that means it's likely to fall down. Well, why would that be happening? Okay, record rainfall in the hills above. 
or record drought in the hills above. In other words, the extremes that we talk about all the time that are the result of our changing climate on the planet. The risk is not only just losing the agricultural product or seeing the landscape change, of course. It, it is indeed, as because it's European, it is losing the entire community and cultural roots of the planet. Well, no, it's not. It's just the next big change, and they'll have to make some changes. But who, we don't want to lose these historic vineyards either. So I love the notion that we're going to gather up the human environment factors, toss in some scientists that can help perhaps either ameliorate the circumstances or at least give you a better forecast of them so that you're not looking at things really tearing up the crop. It's really fun stuff. They're they're little bitty um, islands sometimes, and so, of course, we understand about rising water levels. That's a problem. But we also have some things that are really high above sea level, and they're actually in terraces. So the first thing, of course, if you have... If you see a landslide anywhere, of course, anything that's on terraces below just gets wiped out completely. So that's part of what they're looking at having happen. The the Prosecco Hills of, well, you think they named that for, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the traditional vineyards of Pantelleria Island, which are just beautiful. I've never been there, but beautiful pictures. Those are UNESCO sites. So they're going to get a lot of attention, and hopefully the rest of that information will move on to other folks, and they'll have saved save their vineyards how weird though uncle you know uncle bob and his vineyard are about to fall off the earth over here well where's the wine going to come from please don't mess up the prosecco (laughs) goodness take care of prosecco (laughs) i never knew about prosecco until i was really full grown and it's that's pretty nice that's fun stuff now the same ground that's either surviving or not surviving with these grapes that is causing us trouble because I don't know if you saw recently we've had another large landslide in California. My friends who are there say that it's really a lot more than that. They just don't show you the ones unless they're really dramatic. But but many places there, the earth is shifting underneath and things are columns are breaking and you know you have a lot of those houses have parking underneath the actual house itself and that stuff's falling off you know and things like that it's troubling very troubling well northwestern university which is not a california centric place it's in in northern illinois is letting us know that just like many of our other threats to our big cities there's a silent hazard involved in the changing of the ground now you may find this hard to imagine i don't i live on yazoo clay My yard changes all the time, all right? But this new study links underground climate change to the shifting ground beneath urban areas. You will sometimes hear that there's been a natural gas leak and a fire started or that water pipes were broken and there was no reason for it. Sometimes it's simply the shifting of the earth underneath that can disrupt and break these things. And if it's big enough and bad enough, we see it on the surface and we've got trouble to put up with it. The researchers say it is, it's also, though, an opportunity to do what I've, I don't – this is one of those things that you think of and you think, well, it must be impossible or they would have done this before. Why aren't we taking the extra heat and putting it into the earth 
and then growing stuff in warm soil where we couldn't grow it other times. In Germany, they do that from their greenhouses. They pump the heat that's excess from that right there into the soil, and they grow things outside, usually grains and things, in a bed that would be frozen the rest of the time. So there, there are projects where this has been done, but here's one that would make a whole lot of sense. Communications Engineering, which is a portfolio of Nature, uh, the, the Nature magazine, lets us talk about these ground deformations and the subsurface heat islands. Now that we can measure these temperatures, hey, maybe we can add some heat where we need it and get rid of some we don't. Keep my house from falling over. What do you think? (laughs) Glad you were here for the first hour of weekend gardening. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Java Jolt, a delicious pint of coffee ice cream with dark chocolate-flavored chunks and a decadent coffee fudge swirl. It's the jolt you need to perk up your day. The good old days are being made right now. The good old days are being made right now. Look for Bluebell ice cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new X-Barn zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why X-Mark is the number one choice of landscape professionals. With sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an X-Mark zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. Summer's in full swing, and you know what that means. Temperatures are hot, grills are hot, and the deals are hotter than fire at Omaha Steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter garden in the search bar, and for a limited time, you can score 32 delicious grilling essentials, including 12 free burgers from Omaha Steaks for just $99.99. That's 62% off the regular price. Score unreal savings on unrivaled quality from America's original butcher. That's omahasteaks.com, garden in the search bar to order today. Omaha Steaks, America's original butcher. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com. I'm Caleb Sailors, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Federal agencies have released an initial plan to reduce flooding in the Yazoo backwater area. The proposed plan includes a series of new pumping stations that would drain the water that pools on the floodplain during periods of heavy rainfall. Hank Burdine with the Mississippi Levee Commission shared some details. 
which is a larger pump than they originally anticipated because of the environmental concerns. But that larger pump will allow the water to be maintained at a certain elevation where it keeps all the houses out of water, all the roads out of water. The limited number of residents whose property falls inside the projected flood zone will be able to receive government help raising their homes, building ring levees, or moving outside the risk area. With Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Caleb Sailors. Faster relief you can count on. Back for qualified first-time buyers. Welcome back to Doghouse Living. We're talking with Bob and his wife, Jenny. Now, have you furnished your doghouse yet? Well, actually, sleeping bags work well. But the dog takes up most of the space. Well, at least he doesn't snore as loud as you. Sounds rough. Folks, stay out of the doghouse. Call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Give your customers a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. A certain country music legend will headline the first ever Sugar Bowl Country Kickoff Show at Caesars Superdome September 2nd. Hello, Samantha, dear, I hope you're feeling fine. And it won't be long until I'm with you all the time. But until then, I'll spend my money up right down to my last Garth Brooks played Colin Baton Rouge in Baton Rouge last April. The roar of over 102,000 fans singing along actually registered on LSU's seismographs. Lainey Wilson and the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band will open up the show. Tickets go on sale July 21st, starting at just under $100. Stay up to date with all the latest Mississippi news by signing up for our free newsletter at supertalk.fm forward slash newsletter. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. As college football season approaches, help you further understand what the two classifications of the NCAA are and how what the difference is. The FBS and the FCS. The FBS stands for Football Bowl Subdivision, and the FCS stands for the Football Championship Subdivision. It was originally known as Division 1-2A from 1978 to 2005. The main difference between the FBS and the FCS is how the final champion is determined. The FBS has a four-team college football playoff for now, which will expand to 12 next year. And the FCS has a 2014 playoff for the NCAA Division I football championship, which North Dakota State has won the most of, and that's nine. The FCS can only have 63 players on scholarship, while the FBS can have 85. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Here's how to welcome back to Doghouse Living. We're talking with Bob and Jenny. So what's next with your doghouse? Well, we're going to put on an addition. We've got a litter on the way. And I don't know where we're going to put all of them. Be careful, Bob. You're already in hot water for not calling 811. You don't want to get busted. 
for littering. Folks, stay out of the doghouse. Call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. A lot of businesses are losing opportunities to get new customers if they're not online. With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. The highly trained and trusted team at Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. The other season that's approaching very fast is high school football. In 2023, Mississippi High School Activities Association, the football season will look somewhat different as they have approved a seventh classification, and it will be implemented when the season starts in August. Some of the schools in 7A, which will be a total of 24, are Biloxi, Ocean Springs, Diabraville, Gulfport, Oxford, Starkville, Tupelo, Clinton, Germantown, Madison Central, Brandon, Oak Grove, Pearl, Northwest Rankin, and Meridian. The championship games will now be played over three days, November 30th, December 1st, and 2nd. The last two years have been played in Hattiesburg on the campus of the University of Southern Mississippi. This year, where the championship games will be played is yet to be determined. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hey, baby, what's going on? All right, is your sprinkler working? (laughs) Is there enough water in your yard to float a boat already? We seem to be living the life of extremes that everyone keeps sort of referring to and and we we hear stuff we read the studies it this week it was literally raining across the street from me hard for about two minutes and then it was gone that was that and i don't i don't know i have i've gotten it was sprinkling when i left my house this morning but nothing else you know it's not but your house is pouring down rain right lance it was it was coming <laughs> down and i i had enough time See, you're to, lucky you didn't have to water before you came to work today yeah, I, did. I, I opened the door and the cat was sitting there looking at me and he had another mouse and you know and he did not care about the pouring down rain He's he was he was so happy and, he, and then he sat on it when the other one butterscotch eyeballed i i went back inside and 20 minutes later walked outside and the sun was out so yeah. you know that's and what then it's do. really hot yeah. <laughs> yeah. suffocating well um some everybody knows somebody in phoenix i suppose um the the discussion was how far away do you have to go to get comfortable and they went to flagstaff which is about as far in in arizona as you can get from phoenix and still be in arizona so apparently it was a couple of degrees cooler but not that much we are not uh this this is the time just like in when a hurricane gets here I know this is true for y'all. You hear from everybody all around the country and the world that you know that sees the name of your town or the name of your state in a, in a heat advisory, and they think, you must not have seen that. I need to call her and tell her. <laughs> so, thanks, y'all. Appreciate it. We all know. Believe me. All of us know. <laughs> oh, this is going to be interesting. I like this one. I just bought a fig tree from a local co-op. When can I plant it, and how would you recommend planting it? 
I just recently had to advise on a Japanese maple that was being planted when it was about a thousand degrees outside. And here's my advice. If you can avoid doing avoid planting it right now, don't plant it right now. The exceptions to that would be if you have to because you're leaving the country and you gotta put the tree somewhere or because the roots are already growing out the bottom of the pot, indicating that it's already drying out because its roots are coming out the bottom of the pot. Okay, it's already overgrown. And if you have to plant it, you're gonna wanna put you're gonna wanna plant, find a place with full sun and you're gonna wanna make a very rich soil that is wider than it is deep for that fig. It needs to be as at least as deep plus half as whatever container it's growing in, but it also needs to be about three times wider to actually accommodate a fig, not today, but in the future. Now, when we do that, this is going to sound crazy to you, but I'm serious. Put some shade on it. You can open an umbrella on the west side of the plant, you know, and attach that into the ground somehow or another. You can get a piece of screen. You can do whatever you need to do. But this particular period of time is not great for planting trees, even in a good year. And this year is a very difficult year. So if you have to do that, shade it, and you're going to put either trickle irrigation around it, water it two or three times a day the first couple of weeks, And if it's a big enough tree, then you're going to get one of those plastic things that you keep full of water that's attached to the trunk, okay, when it gets big enough for that, if it's a big enough tree. Better than any of that is to put this tree, say, thank goodness I've got this fig tree. It'll be ready here for me to plant it when it gets a little cooler. Put it in the shade, perhaps of another tree or on your porch or something, and just keep it watered until the conditions are a little bit better for transplanting. This is a great time to buy trees and shrubs because they're all on sale the nursery would just assume you watered them as they did so why not go ahead and get them but make sure that you understand that the planting conditions are very difficult right now they're as difficult as they're going to be and the first two years in the ground for any tree or shrub are the ones that determine whether it's going to live 10 years or 40 so apart and separate from the individual plant itself but i'm just saying you have to get them off to the right start okay okay so if you can help it don't plant it at this moment. But do go shopping because, you know, you need to have, uh, well, that's a good one. I, I like that. And, and yes, I, I'm not even sure. I can't, I can't do Foghorn Leghorn's voice. Even though I do have a deep voice, it's not that deep. But uh, Foghorn Leghorn is, is even complaining today. <laughs> Thank you for that. I think. (laughs) Yes, thank you for that. This is a really important point for me to make to you today. If you have ground covers that you planted this spring and they're not completely overgrown with weeds, you get my congratulations. This last period of time, about three weeks, has been so difficult for those newly established even even vining ground covers, much less clumping ones, this is a really good time for you to go out and check the mulch around them. If your weeds have not overwhelmed it, you've done a good, good job. But if, but if yours are like most that I've seen recently, those ground covers are going to be on the ground and around them are going to be Bermuda grasses with seed heads and all sorts of other things growing, popping up in those spaces. So this is a real good time to get those out, whether you take them out with a hoe or whether you take them out with a string trimmer or whether you take them out with some sort of spray. 
any way that you're going to do that is real, really a good thing to do now, particularly because we are, have several, many more weeks of ideal growth time for them. What you don't want is to get to fall and realize that your ground covers haven't grown much because they got crowded out by the weeds, and the weeds are so entrenched that you're going to have to dig them out. Get them out now while you can pull. It's a whole lot easier. Those are things, you know, Johnson grass and all the the weeds as well as the plants we like are the things that actually do colonize very effectively. One of the ones that I think about doesn't even need any soil, you know, the, the, the floating water hyacinths that are choking southern Mississippi and Louisiana. They're beautiful, but you have to control what you do. If you don't, their colony is going to take you over, and that is absolutely the truth. A study that has been led by Florida State University tells us that, yes, indeed, our colonization around the world contributes to the distribution of plant specimens because, yes, we all put things in our pocket or we take a cutting with us or we dig up something and take it with us when we go. And, in fact, not to be not to put too fine a point on it, but if you were leaving somewhere and that's all there was, if you were if you didn't know where you were going and you were evacuating in a in a dangerous situation, or if you were having the opportunity to leave a dangerous situation and go to where it might be better, what would you take? You would take the seeds of your favorite tomato, right? You would take the seeds of your favorite squash. You would take the seeds of your favorite oak tree. Have have some acorns, you know, in another pocket. In addition to anything you might take to eat, you always have to think about the future. So, for example, since we can't travel back in time, sometimes we have to pay attention to what when the plants got to wherever they got. If you want to study native plants from a century ago in Brazil, for example, you probably have to go to other places because so many people have come to Brazil in the the last century bringing their plants with them. The data suggests that between 1600 and 1945, think how long that is, Europe and North America were responsible for the majority of the intercontinental collecting activities as well as the amassing of all the specimens of those in in particular from Africa, Asia, and South America. That's good. Our herbariums know a whole lot more than they did a century ago. But, of course, the movement of those plants into all those places has its consequences. This very moment, sitting in my flower bed, because I saw it this morning and didn't pull it up, is a brand-new tallow tree seedling. Popcorn tree seedling. For those of you who say, ooh, give that to me, I want it. I'm here to tell you that's not a good idea. This is the one, There's there, there, it hasn't been in the yard for 25 years. And it is literally seeded. There's so many everywhere that they just pop up. There's always one or two a year, every year. That tree in for, further south from here is a real problem because it has choked out our na- native waterways and therefore Everything that lives there that's native doesn't have anywhere to live. So we have all of these problems. With, that's a colonization problem. We took it with us. They brought it with them here to us, and we got a, a problem now because of it. Now, some things, of course, I mean, I'm not going to tell you they shouldn't have brought crepe myrtles, but we have taken crepe myrtles. Do you know that there are people who grow crepe myrtles where they'll freeze? They have to take the container inside in the, you know. Come on. That's crazy. But that's what we people do. If we like it, we do it. I really did think 
in my childhood because we my, my family came from Louisiana to Mississippi and we traveled throughout the state to my mother's family's places of residence, which by that time, the, that side of the family began in Loosedale, that, that area around Loosedale. And, but by that time, they were in Hattiesburg and Natchez and Cleveland and just about everywhere in the state. And all the plants were the same. And we would get down to my aunt's house and my great aunt's house in Gulfport, and she had all the same plants that they had at my great uncle's house in Cleveland. And I just didn't, I didn't realize that. I thought that I just liked all these places because it was my family. Well, of course, I liked all these places because it was my family. But we carried plants and traded them and swapped them. And that's how I know that the hydrangeas that are in my garden originally have traveled around a whole lot. <laughs> they started in one place and they ended up somewhere else. And I took cuttings and somebody else took cuttings. And the next thing you know, you've got a plant that's been in your family for all that time. It's not the exact same plant. But because you have moved, it has moved. And that's exactly how these things have gotten to happen. They analyzed about it. it I mean, I, I would say this is a joke, but they actually analyzed 85 million records. <laughs> that's a computer. And what they worked on was to document the origins and the destinations of the collected specimens. So interesting. If you if you ever have the opportunity to go to Harvard University to the herbarium, the glass herbarium, you know, specimens don't last forever. And we didn't have all that much preserving back when. So there's a whole lot of plants that were blown in glass forms and are in that museum because that's how they studied them. And it's it, you shouldn't miss it if you have the opportunity to do it. I mean, clearly biodiversity, as they tell us in this article, is better studied in place, but Sometimes it's not in place anymore. (laughs) You have to go study what there is. So it's interesting stuff. I will be cutting back some more. I think I have, I don't know if I've lost my, my variegated holly, but she's really putting on more solid green stems than variegated ones since the freeze. I noticed here this morning that a couple, there's a row of, shrubs out there that are generally speaking in the summertime just beautiful and they look kind of okay but they don't you know it's taking some things longer than others to pick back up and i didn't for example i didn't get a bloom on my red hot pokers because they just were frozen and they have come back they've grown but they just they haven't made it into bloom yet a couple of questions from the facebook page today can I divide iris now? Mary wanted to know. The answer is yes. If you if you are if you can if you have a place to plant them where they won't immediately be burned by the heat, and or if you have to. In other words, if if you want to wait to dig those up and divide them, that's fine too. You you can wait on irises. That's why we always say it's the the rule quote unquote is. To dig and divide perennials in the season opposite their bloom, so you would irises bloom in the spring, so you would dig and divide them in the fall. But by fall, sometimes it's even hotter than it is now at this point in the year. And also in the fall, sometimes it's very rainy or very, very dry. So we try to divide those irises anywhere along in here that the conditions are pleasant for it. Anna's in Oxford. Welcome in. How are you today, dear? Hi, how are you? Great. Well, you were talking about plants moving. Mm-hmm. 
with the help of humans. <laughs> um, I was reading a book recently about the uh, fathers of this country, and they got a lot of plants, but they also had someone who would send them to England. Yes. So a lot of the plants we see in England come from here. Yes, yes. But there's one in particular which I'm kind of interested about, and that is poison ivy. Mm. We never had poison ivy in England. We had lots of other things, but no poison ivy. And uh, (laughs) I guess it either traveled with a cutting or something, or somebody took it because it looked kind of nice. Who knows? Yeah, Um, yeah. But now they have poison ivy in England. Well, and that's that's what happens, of course. It it might have been... It might not even have been intentional. It could have been in a right. bale of something else that was shipped, you know, hay or something. I mean, could have had it. There's all sorts yeah. of ways that these thing, that things move around. And you're right. It is a cur- it's curious. You would like to know how this got here and who's responsible. <laughs> well, well no, I mean, mess. it does have berries. And it could be that maybe they thought, oh, these berries are kind of cute, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's good for the birds. Cause well, the birds or, or the birds ate the berries and they took the birds. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, no telling. I don't, I don't know how to find out, to, you know. <laughs> well, this, this book, it, it's very long, but it's worthwhile. I think it's called, um, oh, Lord, I can't remember. It's, it's written by a German woman, but it's really detailed about um, how plant species went from the Americas and uh, other places to uh, England and Europe. That's fun. And um, it, it's something, it's called, oh, if I can remember, um You'll think of it. The, the garden farmers or something. Um, our our uh, famous gardeners or something like that. But anyhow, it's in the library, and once you pull it out, and it's very good reading mm-hmm. to see how the plants... Because, you know, England sent people all over the damn world just to, to find a, um, a a new plant because the English were really into it. And it's the, the upper crust of the English people with their big you know fields and meadows and land, sure, sure. what have you. And uh, until... These people got the stuff from this country. Um, they they just had maybe a few evergreens, and it was kind of green and not not a big flourishing floral type. You're exactly right. You're exactly today. right. The other thing I know that happened, of course, is that the first glass conservatories or greenhouses in England were called orangeries because they were intended right. from France. They were intended to protect the oranges, and who wouldn't yeah. want to do that? Uh, I mean, that, you know, I'm all about that. <laughs> and now, even the lowliest people, uh, my my sister has her own little not orangery, but she's got her own little glass house. <laughs> I would love to have one here for the winter. Oh yeah, but, you know, me too. In the summer, it's too hot. Me too. You're right. Good to hear from you, Anna. Stay cool, okay. Please. Oh, yeah, it's a hot, sunny day today. <laughs> All right, Bye-bye. good to hear from Oxford today. Thanks for you being with me. It's a, You know, this is one of those times that we just have to sing along with John Sebastian and say, yeah, it's pretty hot, y'all. Stick around, we'll be back. In the city, dressed so fine and looking so pretty. Cool cat looking for a kitty, gonna look in every corner of the city. Till I'm wheezing like a bus stop, running up the stairs, gonna meet you on the rooftop. But tonight it's a different world. Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on, if that's all night. Just like the heat, it'll be alright. And babe, don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the night. It's a first day of the first grade 
your taste buds with Bluebell Java Jolt, a delicious pint of coffee ice cream with dark chocolate flavored chunks and a decadent coffee fudge swirl. It's the jolt you need to perk up your day. The good old days are being made right Look for Bluebell ice cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be signs that your digestive system isn't working at its best? But taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil supports your daily digestive health using a special plant-based fiber called psyllium. Psyllium works by forming a gel in your digestive system to trap and remove the waste that weighs you down. Metamucil's gelling action also helps to promote heart health and slows down sugar absorption to promote healthy blood sugar levels. Start feeling lighter and more energetic by taking Metamucil every day. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe, the Philly cheesesteak sandwich or wrap, melt-in-your-mouth pulled pork sandwich, and the best burger in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wraps to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Summer's in full swing, and you know what that means. Temperatures are hot, grills are hot, and the deals are hotter than fire at Omaha Steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter garden in the search bar, and for a limited time, you can score 32 delicious grilling essentials, including 12 free burgers from Omaha Steaks for just $99.99. That's 62% off the regular price. Score unreal savings on unrivaled quality from America's original butcher. That's omahasteaks.com, garden in the search bar, to order today. Omaha Steaks, America's original butcher. Speaking to all men, if you're a stickler about your ride or your car looking just right, then why don't you take better care of yourself? Man Up MD is a concierge medical clinic, tailor-made for men of all ages. We offer convenient same-day appointments with personalized primary care and treatment plans designed for you to reclaim your energy and performance. Man Up MD can have you tuned up and ready for rocking down the highway. Check us out online at menshealthms.com. If recent hailstorms have invited lurk to leak into your home, call the experts at Watkins Construction and Roofing to find out what is lurking in your roof. Our rapid response roof team will be on top of your roof as soon as the next business day with a complimentary, honest assessment of your roof's condition and offer solutions to keep your home and family safe. Say goodbye, lurk the leak. Call Watkins Construction and Roofing today at 601-966-8233 or visit losetheleak.com. What do you have to lose but your leak? 
Any of you who happen to have a Hammond organ and an old Leslie, we salute you. (laughs) Just a delightful sound, something you can't get anywhere else. Weekend Gardening, of course, is here for you on Saturdays, and I'm very, very lucky and just tickled always to be able to be here and do this program because guess what? Nobody else gets to do this. I get to have this microphone. I get to talk to you. Take that very, very seriously. I also take very seriously the questions that you send to me on the Facebook group or at my email, mamaonair at yahoo.com. And, of course, when you see me in the grocery store, because sometimes that happens, too. This week I am celebrating, and I hope you are, too, that we have one year of actual deeper looks. The first anniversary of the James Webb Telescope has been celebrated and my goodness, we're seeing stars be born. We are seeing the holes that they didn't know were there and what all's in them. It is just so exciting. This is a star-forming region, a little tiny area, apparently, relatively speaking. The administrator, former Senator Bill Nelson, tells us that this is American innovation, but also a scientific feat made possible with NASA and her international partners. Of course, it takes... You see something like that. There's buildings full of people that manage to work together over time to produce the technology that delivers this image to us and also to deliver it back to us and disseminate it. It's not a simple process. If you're looking for a career, look here. We've not only got telescopes and astronomy going in our our NASA program, but they're also already trying to figure out how much organic matter is on Mars. That's a story for another day. But come on, this is very exciting. It's the most exciting part of this particular area of exploration in many years, and I'm very glad that it's working out this way. This this particular region in the beautiful um, Webb telescope image is about 50 young stars, which are all about the same mass as our sun, or a little bit smaller. It's really, it's just beautiful. So anyway, fun stuff. Already delivered on its promise. We'll do so for many, many more years, I'm glad to say. Donald's in Oxford. This is a great story, y'all. Donald planted a brown turkey fig, good variety, delicious, one that should grow here well. A couple of years ago, he planted this thing. It died with the December freeze, and it had only really grown a foot. In the, in the two years, so it was not exactly a rewarding fig tree. That's my point, his, not his. But so after it came back from the base of the tree this year, after the freeze, it is now six feet tall. <laughs> and he wants to know, see, that's what we, hope springs eternal in the heart of a gardener. And we just have to wait and see sometimes what happens. In this case, you've got a tree. It, it, will, it Will it produce fruit year, this year? I doubt it. It takes about five years from a small fig to a fruiting tree anyway. But he says it's growing like a weed, and that's delightful. Let it grow. Keep the area around the base of it cleared and mulched so that you, when we get to a dry, I don't know, September, October, maybe even August, who knows, um, we we'll, won't lose too much of its moisture around it. And then give yourself the opportunity to prune it in January because you've got this one stick coming up. You're going to want to top that, maybe take a, a foot or something, depending on how much more it grows this summer. But that's just wonderful. Give yourself the opportunity to celebrate a little bit. Congratulations. Let's see. Garden Mama says, Robert from West Point, will pawpaw trees do well in shady areas? 
They'll grow okay. You won't get much pawpaws, and they're better in at least morning sun. Um, I don't. I don't know that I would plant them on the west side of a building unless it had irrigation because they they're not a drought tolerant tree. So I would say morning sun is going to be much better than than any kind of heavy shade. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that. So, oh fun. He's sunflowering. <laughs> this is great. David's in Pascagoula. Um, that's beautiful, David. That is one pretty sunflower. I do like the sunflowers that have kind of mahogany centers and then yellow petals. And this particular one um, has what what we call the brush. It has a dark center and then it has yellow petals. But at the base of the petals next to the center, it's brushed with the same color as the center, even a little bit redder. It's just lovely. Beautiful plant. Good looking leaves, too. You've done very, very well. Congratulations. And by the way, David has done something nobody else has ever done, which you you too can do. He has taken a link from his Facebook and sent it. Now, don't just send me a link. I won't open that. But if you tell me what it is that I'm opening, I'll probably open it since this isn't my computer. (laughs) I'll probably open it. I'm very hesitant about opening things that I don't know what they are. Come on. Too many things freeze up, you know. (laughs) That's just beautiful. Oh, my goodness, Jason. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Everybody's everybody's taking a little walk this morning. That's great. What a, what a pretty family. And Rhett's in Ridgeland with his sunflower that looks like it's trying to break into his house. It's so tall. It's, it's going to be taller than the roof here in a minute. That's pretty. I like that. Y'all are great. Congratulations. This is great fun to see. Did you know that there is such a thing as a volunteer's dilemma? Now, I've been a volunteer. I've recruited and trained and and worked with volunteers, and nobody ever told me this. The volunteer's dilemma is actually something that happens to everything. It, It doesn't happen to everything individually, but every group has a problem with volunteer's dilemma at one time or another. Individuals are less likely to cooperate if they are in a large group. Not all. Some people, you know, some some people and some birds and some, in this case, fish, actually do seek to be led to to the next place they're going. But this new study from the University of Exeter is studying large groups of guppies. I will tell you the truth. I've had guppies in an aquarium before, and simply I've never occurred to me that I wanted to study their social behavior, but there you have it. Somebody had to so that I could tell you about it. Mathematical models in, in suggest well, that individuals in these larger groups should be less willing to cooperate. So, for example, if faced with a potential predator, the guppies have to balance the risks. At least one guppy has to kind of swim over there and see whether there's actually a threat, but might get eaten so that the others can have this demonstration. That's very difficult. So the chances are in a larger group, there's more chance that another guppy will take the risk. If you if you swim away, somebody else is probably going to go see if that's actually a problem, if the predator is going to come and get y'all. But I love this particular bit of research. They um, The natural predators of guppies include pike cichlids, so they put the the fake one, the you know the, the the model of the pike cichlid, in the tank with 
five small, ten medium, and twenty large groups of guppies. And what they found out were that indeed the guppies in the large groups were most likely in a complete turnaround of the the theory that they had been testing. The the, the guppies in the large groups were more likely to approach and inspect the predator. It's interestingly enough, groups in the medium groups, guppies in the medium groups were the least likely to approach. Isn't that interesting? So in other words, if you feel like there's a whole boatload of people in your group or a whole boatload of guppies in your gang, then you'll probably swim over there and see if there's a problem because you have more perhaps to defend or you have perhaps you, you think that another one will get it and you won't. Who knows what they think? But they don't know why. So now they're going to do personality tests on the guppies. I can't wait for that. <laughs> That'll be fun. Oh, my goodness. What am I looking at? I'm looking at a different screen. I'm sorry. I didn't know what all that was. I wanted to mention one thing yes, uh, that's yes, on, the, on the news uh, feed of Super Talk. We were visiting about wine earlier and how much we enjoy the wine and good yes, stuff. But yes. there were uh, 17 restaurants in Mississippi uh, by Wine Spectator granted an award. And, and five wow. of them uh, got you know the second level out of about 1,400 in the country. So, I mean, that's a, that's wonderful. So that a lot of great restaurants, three of which are here in the Jackson area. So 17 of them total. So if you're a wine enthusiast, go out to the Super Talk mm-hmm. News check feed it out. and check it out. It gives you a great breakdown of who won. And if you're in the Jackson area, you got three choices. That's uh, that's some pretty good stuff I like there. That. That's, so. it's, it is good to have someone else, and particularly in my case, to select such things because I I don't, I don't have a great palate for wine. I know when I like it better than if I liked it before, but I'm the same way about coffee. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not sophisticated. Tomatoes, that's another thing. <laughs> oh, I wanted to tell uh, the, the person who had written to me about abelias, I, I wanted to finish with what I was thinking about the shrubs that are outside here. There are five maybe big abelias, and they're there in the landscape. Anytime you see big abelias, um, the, the the larger, taller ones, they're, they're little small ones that are just there for colorful leaves. Sometimes they bloom. But the big, tall abelias that have almost coppery-colored leaves are not just there because of their beautiful changing opportunity. You know, you have a green summer, and this one's at least a little bit coppery-looking. But they have hundreds of dozens of thousands of tiny white flowers that have a little pink throat to them. These are hummingbird plants, big time. Butterflies, too, but we particularly want to think about things for the hummingbird when they migrate. So this is something that blooms all summer, and we'll do that. They all froze. So there's one of the five that is in full tilt bloom right now. They all should have some flowers, and two of them, I think, do. One of them looks like it's kind of lost its leaves and probably is dead. But if you have a, a group of shrubs like that, that do bloom and you're seeing a whole lot of flowers on one of them, that's the one to go and inspect for the crack at the base of the plant. If the plant was frozen and did not recover but has tried to go ahead and just bloom out, it's sort of the last gasp. And we see it at this time of the year. Sometimes you'll see, for example, azaleas that have already bloomed, but they'll come back in the summer and try to bloom again. That's when you go look at the base and you may find a split in the bark at the base of the plant. 
unfortunately, that is the death knell. It's not going to be recoverable. Yes, you can cut it back. Yes, it might come back along. And if it's in the backyard or it's out of the side on the side of the house, you might do that just for an experiment. But the chances are good that it's never going to catch back up with its friends in the shrub row, for example. So it's not going to look good. And it's not going to do the purpose of having enough flowers to feed the hummingbirds either in the case of these plants. So, no, I'm not going to go out and do their landscaping for them here, but I will let you know that if you've got that group of hedges and only one has decided it wants to do either a bloom or a rebloom, that's the one to look at first to see whether or not we've got a problem that you can't necessarily solve. I, um, I, I, I look at all of the damage and the trees that are down and the massive amounts of just debris from the storms that we've had in, in central Mississippi and certainly in, in other every, everywhere, really, at, if, depending on where you are, there's a neighbor with a tree down in the last period of time. And I, I was amazed the sycamore came down on my street which is very unusual. Those are pretty tough trees, but it was old, and it had been cut into for the electric wires. Please, if you live somewhere and they don't bury the utilities there, don't plant a tree out on your front yard under the electric wire, under any of the utility wires. In my house, it's it's cable things that, that the neighbor's tree is in. It's never going to work out better than if it's buried, but if you can keep the tree 10 feet behind where the wires are, the chances of you having the problem that my neighbors had where the sycamore broke off, snapped off in the top, took down their lines, and still was hanging there. Couldn't get in their driveway, couldn't get out of their driveway. I mean, that's a big problem. So if you have the opportunity to control that sort of thing, by all means do. But but don't, don't curse at the tree cutters when you see them in the street. I know it's tempting because they do cut out a big chunk of the tree and leave part of it. But that's what they have to do to keep the wires working. Hey, on the way, I think it's in, on Meadowbrook where if you're going toward, you, you <laughs> see the, the L limb. tree, the yeah. L tree. I love it. It goes up about seven feet and then it makes a right angle yes. and then it goes up Straight at another up. right angle. Straight it, up. That thing's been growing like that. It has. They've to, cut that yeah. thing a many a time and it's not good for the tree. Okay. Let's face it. It's not good for the tree. But on the other hand, it keeps it keeps the tree out of the wires, and the tree has the tree is that particular one is it, talked about by people everywhere because it is indomitable. They'll come and chop on it, and it just goes right ahead. It doesn't care. Now, other times you'll see half the tree fell off, after, not because they cut it, but because it was weak, and then they cut it, and then there it went. Oh goodness, tree pruning—that's a whole thing. I have noticed that it doesn't matter where you are. Um, any any social media, any any local media, there's somebody looking for somebody that does trees, like right now. You know? But I think everybody's back out of their driveways now, so that's a little bit better. Ah, yes, the L tree on Meadowbrook. You've probably got one. Take a picture. Send it to me. I'd love to see it. Stick around now. we got a little bit more to go. Send that text. Give us a call. This is Weekend Gardening.
faster relief you can count on. Back for qualified first-time buyers. Welcome back to Doghouse Living. We're talking with Bob and his wife, Jenny. Now, have you furnished your doghouse yet? Well, actually, sleeping bags work well. But the dog takes up most of the space. Well, at least he doesn't snore as loud as you. Sounds rough. Folks, stay out of the doghouse. Call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Are customers able to find you online? With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. If recent hailstorms have invited lurk the leak into your home, call the experts at Watkins Construction and Roofing to find out what is lurking in your roof. Our rapid response roof team will be on top of your roof as soon as the next business day with a complimentary, honest assessment of your roof's condition and offer solutions to keep your home and family safe. Say goodbye, lurk the leak. Call Watkins Construction and Roofing today at 601-966-8233 or visit losetheleak.com. What do you have to lose but your leak? On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, this is Keenan Thompson. I have a problem with you. Yes, you. None of y'all told me that Auto Trader has millions of new and used cars that I can shop from home. I thought we were friends. I put smiles on your face, but I'm not smiling. No one told me that with Auto Trader, a dealer can deliver cars to my home or that I could shop by price on Auto Trader. No one. Consider this friendship that you just learned we had officially over. Finally, it's easy. Auto trade. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. 
Gardening is a gamble every time. If you want to fertilize, and frankly, you should. The lower leaves on that tomato are kind of yellow. They're not spotted. You just have got some lower leaves on anything that's showing us it's got a lack of nitrogen. Use a half a dose. I don't care whether it's your, you might, maybe you feed your lawn at this time of the year. Whatever you're doing, use a half a dose. That'll be enough right now. And frankly, you'll be glad that you did a little bit without overdoing anything. We can burn stuff, you know, so be careful. Gardenias. Okie dokie. Hello, Shaq Bully. That's nice to hear from you today. You can cut them back after the spring bloom. Problem is they're continuing to bloom into summer. Okay, they look sparse, and he's concerned it seems like pruning would help them fill out. It would. And if you are on the second bloom already, Look down at the base of that shrub and make sure it's not cracked. I doubt that it is because they're very tough. But, yes, go ahead, pick the flowers and do a little bit of pruning now. It, it's not going to hurt. Don't cut them way back. But because they're a little bit spindly looking, you do want to take them a little bit. But cut the flowers first and enjoy them. Speaking of that, when you cut flowers, you can do this. People say, oh, you got to do this in the morning. you got to do this in the afternoon. You can do it any time, but not when the plants are dry. So... If you tend to water in the morning and they're dry in the morning when you, you know, you get up so you're watering, don't, don't cut flowers right then. It's also more really important to understand that when you cut flowers, you may cut them with something in the, even a pair of scissors, but you need to immediately go to a counter or in my case, the, the wooden board that I don't cook on and take a sharp knife that I don't cook with and slice them once on an angle so you open up that vascular system back up so they can take up the water and the flower nutrients and the other things that you might be putting into the water. It's real important to do that. They'll last a whole lot longer. Right now I have flocks. I have the really very really pretty flocks for the heat i was surprised that they're continuing to do what they do crocosmias are absolutely beautiful and this morning i noticed that my i have a rogue gerber daisy that i've told you all about before that was a fancy one and it seeded itself and made the the native species well this is now this is the other plant has now decided that it wants to get in on the show so i actually have two flowers on it which are not the not a not a fancy one either, but it's just so pretty. I like Gerber daisies. I like that bright color. It's fun. What is the best uh, stuff you can get? You know, when you buy cut flowers, they always put the little packet That's in there. The stuff. Where do you go, or what would you recommend to use? You can do if that. You're doing it yourself. You can do the the packets themselves are usually available in a packet of ten at any like at a garden garden rack somewhere. There's also a, a really easy formula from Martha Stewart, and she you can look her up and. and and follow her directions it's real simple stuff but let's face it you know before there was all of that stuff um our mothers dropped an aspirin down in the, <laughs> in the water or they shot in some sprite or seven up or something the idea is just that you need to keep the the bottom of the plant open and so giving it something is going to help it do that but the clean cut and recutting every few days actually and changing the water makes more difference than anything else so, but you do have to condition them a little bit, and if they weren't conditioned properly, they'll wilt right away, and that's when you go back and make a fresh cut and start again. I, I'm happy to say that I cut the first calla lily 
of the bulbs that I received um, from 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 Donna Yowell and the, our, our friends with the flower growers of Mississippi too. They're um, beautiful. But they aren't the ones I expected them to be, but they have a beautiful purple throat and a white lip. They're just lovely flowers. Very happy about that. Sometimes things are not what you expect, and it's a nice surprise. If you are among the people I, – this is terrible to even talk about. I've, I've heard from several different people who are traveling or attempting to travel – in Europe, not so much in in the folks that I know that have gone to Asia this summer, but between the the problems that we had in the airlines here and the extreme heat that they're experiencing there, things are not what they expected. You know, you don't you don't think of England as a hot boiling place, but it is. They have, however, seen some things they didn't expect to see. I don't think they saw this. University College London is letting us know that they have discovered some of the largest early prehistoric stone tools in all of Britain at Kent in the UK. Now, there is this tiny little place there that they find stuff a lot because it's the Institute of Archaeology has made a point of making sure that this excavation and the areas around it have, have made sense. But they, these are deep Ice Age sediments. I say this to you not because I think it's that interesting. I do. But because we have deep Ice Age sediments in our in Mississippi, too. Don't forget that. That's how, that's how we end up with a lot of the topography and whatnot that we have now. So what they have done is the this is above the Medway Valley. So if you have friends traveling there this week, tell them, go look. I didn't know there was a journal called Internet Archaeology. But I should have figured that there was. You've always wanted to see what somebody else was digging, but you weren't going to go there necessarily. You know, it's, it's a long way, and frankly, they'd put you to work. So they found giant hand axes, <laughs> two extremely large flint knives that they call giant hand axes. Now, hand axes are stone artifacts that have been chipped. We've seen that, and the idea is that it has a cutting edge on both sides. So that's going to do some serious damage. But they usually find these in other places and in, in not here. They're 300,000 years old, and that's how long they've been in this particular Ice Age spot. They think this dates to the prehistory of Britain with Neanderthal people lived there, and they were beginning to go out and, and move in with other human species um, in case you didn't know they do have proof now that we all are from sort of a soup of human humanity which is kind of cool in its own way but at any rate i love this finding in the this is the first time that they've found it in the context of a large-scale excavation so you can believe you me there'll be people getting journeys to go and do some more archaeology once you find something like that those things don't appear by themselves you know, it's not like somebody just went there and dropped in the axe. There's, there's a whole other level of civilization for them to find more stuff near Kent in the U.K. Hmm. Who do I know in Kent? Let's see. Somebody. Oh, my knee has good news, y'all, and yours probably does, too. There's a gel. For those of anybody who has um, knee trouble, which I've had my whole life, it's all about what what goes missing. And you tear the cartridge, it doesn't, cartilage rather, it doesn't build itself back. You stress one thing and it stays stressed in another direction and all these sorts of various and sundry things. This is a gel that is both tough and stiff. So in other words, it's not going to wear out if they decide that we need, we can put this in there to mimic our articular cartilage 
really would be wonderful if we could do this. Smooth joint movement is not my friend. It's probably not yours either if after a certain point or a certain amount of, ex- of exertion on your part. And indeed, when you get the arthritis, you have to pay attention to it. So this would be really exciting if we could have a biodegradable gel that would help all of these situations. Now, come on, y'all. You know you want to do this. <laughs> We've got to eliminate all the snap, crackle, and popping going on. And- we can only hope. <laughs> we can only hope. Um, I, the, I have have the other problem, of course, is that the things that they put give you to put on or don't necessarily smell like Ben Gay, but they do sort of. You know? So you don't really want to wander around with that either for too long. But yeah, the snapping and the cracking. I'm I'm one of those people. Both my elbows pop all the time, and it makes some people very nervous. But it's it doesn't make me nervous. It's just that's how they work. I don't know. It's funny. I guess it's from being a, a writer. Andy suggests that we we amend our um, Miracle Grow to include Red Bull. I do not encourage that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my goodness! What a fun day with y'all. Thank you so much for joining us here. I will tell you that uh, without the producer, the program doesn't happen because they don't let me in the control room, so he keeps it all turned on. I appreciate that very, very much. Y'all have a good week. Stay cool if you can, and come back next week for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. your taste buds with Bluebell Java Jolt, a delicious pint of coffee ice cream with dark chocolate-flavored chunks and a decadent coffee fudge swirl. It's the jolt you need to perk up your day. The good old days are being made right Look for Bluebell ice cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. Summer's in full swing, and you know what that means. Temperatures are hot, grills are hot, and the deals are hotter than fire at Omaha Steaks. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter garden in the search bar, and for a limited time, you can score 32 delicious grilling essentials, including 12 free burgers from Omaha Steaks for just $99.99. That's 62% off the regular price. Score unreal savings on unrivaled quality from America's original butcher. That's omahasteaks.com, garden in the search bar, to order today. Omaha Steaks, America's original butcher. Now's the time to get a great deal on select Kubota compact tractors. Rated number one in durability and owner experience. They're designed for easy operation and feature performance mesh detachments. Right now, put zero down and get 0% APR for up to 72 months, plus save up to $800 on select equipment. Now through June 30th. See us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. 
Divinity Equipment Company on Highway 51 in Madison and at the end of Spring Ridge Road in Clinton. A Super Talk Mississippi media production. 